Praise the Lord. Let us continue our worship in the Word of God. <clears throat> We're going to be looking at several passages, but let us look at one at a time. Let's turn to Proverbs 12, verse 7, and also we're going to be reading 1 Timothy 4, 12, and also 1 Timothy 5, 8. Proverbs 12, 7. The wicked die and disappear, but the family of godly stands firm. Amen. 1 Timothy 4, 12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. 5.8, 1 Timothy. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives, and especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Amen. Happy Mother's Day to those who are mothers. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, the month of May is the focus on the family month. And as we think about the family, we are blessed to have not only biological family, but also a church family in Jesus Christ. So whether we turn to person next to you and say, I am thankful for you. <laughs> Especially as we celebrate Mother's Day today, I think it is crucial for us to understand biblically what family is and how we must minister to our family. A family is a God-ordained institution that covenant lovers build under God. It is a covenant community of loyalty and love, and that is a biblical definition of family. Covenant has its meaning beyond the contract. It cannot be broken under God's witness. It is a place where children are born in love, not to hate, or born in love, not hate. It is the first church, the first school in a way, the first education of anybody born in this world. It is a place where people learn the love of God and the love for fellow men. It is the place where anybody can go to after being exposed into the world and find refreshing and refuge. That is what family is intended to be. However, as the very definition of family is being attacked by the secular philosophy and social narratives, as the value of the biblical family is being challenged and even destroyed, as so many families are being broken in today's world, it is so crucial for us, the people of God, to understand the truth and to protect the true value of family and build godly families according to the Word of God. As we read today, the wicked die and disappear, but the family of godly stands firm. Amen. And remember, my brothers and sisters, we are called to expand the kingdom of God even in our families. Remember our mission statement, expanding the kingdom of God one heart at a time and also one family at a time. As a matter of fact, that will be our title.
title for this message, One Family at a Time. So we are called to expand God's kingdom even in our family, one family at a time. Then now, how can we be a blessing to our family as an example? The Bible says, do not let anyone look down on you because you are young. Maybe physically or maybe spiritually, you are young. Maybe experientially, you might be young. But it says, set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, and in purity. So let's think about how can we be an example of God's blessing to our family members, even our family around us. Three suggestions that I would like to give for us to think about. First, we need to be faithful in seeking the truth. Be faithful in seeking the truth. Jesus said, if you obey my teaching, you will know the truth, and the truth shall set us free. As we know the truth, we become free to love our family in the right way. That's why if you look at Proverbs chapter 23, verses 23 to 24, says this, Buy the truth. Do not sell it. Get wisdom, discipline, and understanding. The father of a righteous man has a great joy. He who has wise son delights in him. What a passage for our parents. And Jesus said, I am the truth, period. He says, get wisdom, get by the truth. Don't sell it, don't let it go. Then your parents, your mother especially, will, delight, will have delight and great joy. What is the truth? Then Jesus said, I am the truth. As Jesus is God himself, the creator, he is the source of the truth. And he's a very cause of the truth. And as we seek the truth in Christ, it will bring great joy and delight to our family as well, to our parents especially. It's a great thing to see as a parent. The children are living in the truth, seeking the truth, living by the truth. As a Christian family, as a parent, Christian parent, what an privilege for us to see how our children grow in the truth in Christ. Amen. And the instruction is very interesting. It says, acquire truth. The expression is, buy the truth and do not sell the truth. Hold on to it. What does he mean by buy the truth? I think here in this verse, there are three ways to buy the truth. Let me expound on this passage a little bit as we understand how we can be faithful in seeking the truth. First, we can seek the truth or we can buy the truth through understanding. What does it mean by understanding? It means developing the perception. When we understand who Jesus, we will know the truth. We will have the perception of the truth then we will be able to see clearly through that perception. But it, that truth comes from what? 
Truth comes to us through faith. It comes through faith by hearing the message of Christ. That's why if you look at John chapter 18, verse 37 says, Jesus says, I was born and for this I came into the world to test, testify the truth and everyone on the side of truth listens to me, hears me. Well, the Proverbs language, listening, hearing is understanding. Through hearing, through understanding, through that that the biblical perception will be able to buy the truth. That's the idea. What are the other way to buy the truth or get the truth to seek the truth? Well, through discipline. It means we are to train in the truth of Christ. It takes discipline to be trained in the truth. As we understand and believe the truth of Jesus Christ, we now must be trained in His truth. And as the word of God is the truth, we must seek his word. That's why Jesus said, if you obey my teaching, if you obey my teaching, by the way, you must obey. That's the condition. If you obey my teaching, you will know the truth, and the truth shall set us free. So discipline is what? Obedience to the word of God, word of Christ. Through that discipline of seeking God's word, we'll be able to know the truth, and that truth shall set us free. As we believe, we obey the word. As we obey, we will know the truth. As we know the truth, or as we buy the truth, we will be set free. I want you to know that it's the sequential step here. You believe, and therefore you obey. You obey. Therefore, you know the truth. You know the truth. Therefore, you will be set free. As we are set free, we can love God, love others, especially our family, and live a life of full of power of meaning and meaning and purpose. And at the end, you will bring great blessing of joy and delight to our family as well, especially to our parents. So through discipline in the truth, we will buy the truth, we'll seek the truth that will set us free to bring joy to our family. Amen? Thirdly, how do we buy or seek the truth? Through wisdom. So through understanding, through the person, through understanding, perception, through discipline, and also through wisdom. Well, the wisdom is the applied knowledge of the truth. And when we apply the truth into our lives, when we live by the truth, we will gain wisdom. The wisdom does not come from textbooks. It does not come from the information that we get. It comes from application of that information. Thus, as Christians who has the truth in us, we have to apply that wisdom, the, the truth into our lives, through our lives, then we will have the wisdom. As a matter of fact, it's not our own might that we'll be able to apply this truth into our lives. It's actually the power of the Holy Spirit helps us, enables us to, to apply God's truth in and through our lives. That's why, if you remember, the Holy Spirit is 
a seal of that wisdom. As a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom, according to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. And if you look at the Bible, always the Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom. So as you obey, as you apply the Word of God into our lives, and you will be able to gain wisdom of God through the Holy Spirit, then you will know what it means to live by the truth. And the Holy Spirit will guide us to live in the wisdom, walking in the truth. That's why James chapter 1, verse 5 says, If anyone lacks wisdom, he should seek God, and who gives generously to all without finding fault, and you'll be given him. My brothers and sisters, we do have access to the wisdom truth, the embodiment of truth, the wisdom, the Holy Spirit. But the wisdom is available to us through the personal relationship because what we have is a person of wisdom, not the wisdom in itself. So we seek the person of wisdom, very embodiment of wisdom, the Holy Spirit, and through that relationship with Christ, and we receive His wisdom, as we apply and live out the truth that is given to us. That's the idea. So through wisdom, the application of the knowledge of truth comes from the personal relationship with God in His Spirit, and through that, we'll be able to what? Get the truth. Buy the truth. That's the expression of Proverbs, or seek the truth. Or the expression of Jesus is what? You and the truth if you know me through obeying me meaning having a relationship with him that we'll be able to know the truth and as we know the truth it will set us free and as we set us free we can be able to love people including our families then our parents our family will enjoy great blessing of joy and delight amen that's the idea that I want you to kind of get And as we, therefore, at the end, what really makes us seeking the truth? Seeking the truth actually means having a personal relationship with Christ. Let me ask you this. If you are listening to the YouTube channel, are you a believer of Jesus Christ? Or every one of you, us here today, are we seeking Christ? Not just seeking in here, but seeking through our life. How is our relationship with Christ today? Do we love Him? Yes, we say we love Him, but are we willing to follow Him? Are we just the admirer of Christ or are we the follower of Christ? We talked about that last Friday. Are we willing to love Him with all we have and to know Him? And as we do, we will be able to get the wisdom. And are we not, are we going to let go of that wisdom, that, that truth? Or are we going to hold on to it through the relationship that we have? And as we seek Christ, guess what? The righteousness of Christ, the truth of Christ is available to us because the Bible says the righteous shall live by faith. And those who have faith in Christ gain the righteousness of Christ and we become the righteousness of Christ. The truth of Jesus Christ brings that righteousness. And when we live by faith with the righteousness of Christ in us, we become a blessing to our family 
and our family will enjoy the great joy and delight. If everyone praises you because of your heart and passion for God, and your father and your mother will be proud. I tell you this, my brothers and sisters. If you want to make your mothers proud, especially today, from now on, well, seek the truth in Christ first. As the truth is being manifested in you through the power of the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, guess what? You will be changed to be more like Christ. And as you become more like Christ, you'll bring joy to your family. You'll bring joy to your parents, even though they might not know Christ. Amen? Seek the truth, my brothers and sisters. Build a relationship with God. Honor God. Seek the righteousness of Christ. You will be a great blessing to our family. So, how do we serve our family? First, be faithful in seeking the truth of Jesus Christ. Amen? Secondly, we need to be faithful in serving the family. Serving the family. We are called to be faithful wherever we are placed in, right? Your family is where God ordains your place to be. I don't care if you like or not your family. <laughs> your family is where God has put you. Your parents, whether you like it or not, is your parents. Your siblings, that's your siblings. You are forever bound. We are be, we are, therefore, we are to be faithful members of our family, serving our family as Christians. And even if your family is not a Christian family, well, as a Christian, as the ambassador of Christ, you are to minister to them as your faithful member of your family. Christian life is not just about being religious, my brothers and sisters. It is really about living, following Christ. And surely our family is a part of our Christian life. That's why Paul instructs us to be faithfully build a family in God's way. If you look at Ephesians chapter 5 and chapter 6. Let me just read it to you, some of the words that he wrote to us. He says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Again, the idea of wisdom that comes from the Holy Spirit, that we will know the truth so that we will be able to live by the truth, to be a blessing, including our families. May, he says, be wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. He says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourself to your own house, husbands as you do to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, in the Lord, for that is right. Honor your father and mother. Fathers or mothers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Clearly, our calling as a Christians includes serving are we serving the family? Are we just serving our parents or especially our mothers just on this Mother's Day? Something to think about. 
But let me give you some practical suggestions in serving our family. Since the Mother's Day is today, let us think about how we can serve our parents. Let us not exclude. Let us not exclude our, our fathers too. He said, because we are to set an example as for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Just three, three just practical uh, suggestions that I will give you how you can relate to your parents or mothers. First, obedience and respect. Something for us to think about. If you are in your growing years, if you're still a student living under your parents, well, I'll tell you this, my brothers and sisters, you must obey them. Okay? When, but when you will become an adult, and especially when you are married and have a family of your own, you don't necessarily have to obey them. It does not mean that when you are, when your 80-year-old dad says, do this, and you have to do it because you're only 60. No. Some people are still asking permission from their parents concerning his or her own household, even after they get married. And I think there's something wrong with that, too. Like you have to get a permission from your parents to leave your marriage and operate in your family, your own family. That's something is wrong, too. See, there's a time when you have to stand up for yourself, I believe. There's a time to stand up for following God's plan and calling for you, even if your parents are opposing it. Some non-Christian parents, they do oppose the Christian children to follow God's will and God's plan. There's a time to make decisions for your, yourself in terms of your own vision, your own career, your own life. You cannot expect your parents to make a decision for you when you are grown up. Yes, that's very clear. And especially if you are married, you are independent from your parents. However, you should listen to their wise advice, even after you have your family of your own. You don't have to obey what they tell you, but certainly do not despise their wise advice. Do not underestimate their wisdom. They're much wiser than you think they are. Did you know that your parents know more than you expect and uh, more than you expect them to know? Your parents may have much more wisdom than you are willing to give them credit for. Even if your parents are non-believers, do not underestimate their life experience wisdom. You can learn from them clearly and surely. Amen? Also, if you are a single adult and you don't have to obey them, but if you are living with them still, I think you still need to obey their house rules. Right? If you're under their house, respect their rules. Um, long time ago, a single male adult came to me and seek for counseling concerning his relationship with his parents. He was complaining about them treating him like a high school boy and telling him to clean his room and come home early and all that stuff. And I asked him whose house he was living in, and he told me that it was his parents' house. And 
and said to him, Man, you have to follow their rules if you want to stay under their roof. If you don't like it, then get out of there. Get your own house. Be king on your household, in your own house, that's fine. But if you are living under their roof, respect their rules. If you are a single adult, you don't have to obey them, obey your parents anymore in your life decision, but certainly respect them and listen to their advice. How? Well, but if you're in your obeying age, as most of you, some of us, some of our children, you have to obey our parents in the Lord. But obeying in the Lord does not mean that you just do whatever they want you to do, they ask you to do. Of course not. Your parents are not your God. When they ask to disobey God, you cannot obey them. Disobedience to God for obedience to your parents is not what this text is talking about. But when you are called and con convicted to do something for God and your parents do not understand you and oppose you and you know that we must obey God's conviction, we need to do so. If it goes down to God or your parents, I think we must choose God first because He's our Father in heaven. We obey our parents in the Lord, in the Lord. That's very clear. So if, whether you are single, whether you are underage, whether you are a married person, we must honor and obey our parents in the Lord. Amen? That's the idea. A practical, uh, obey and respect our parents, our mothers. Second practical suggestion that I will give you is this. Speak kindly of them and to them. When some people talk about their parents, it's very negative things I hear. The only time you should say negative things about your parents are in the counseling session. I'll listen to you one-on-one -on -one if you have some problems with relating to your parents. But if you are in any other situation, try not to say negative things about them, especially in front of your friends. Even if counseling session, don't enjoy talking negative, negatively about your parents. But do it only to get advice. We need to really remember that. Also, we need to learn to speak kindly to them. There will be times that you will want to speak negative, negatively to them. And this is the best advice that I can give you. Just bite your tongue. Just get out of the situation. When you want to shout and bite, well, then bite your tongue. That's why we need to pray so much so because, and I think because it's a, it's a spiritual battle. Our old self wants to shout at our parents and disrespect them. It's a spiritual battle. Even in our disagreements, please let us be kind, especially to your mom, especially to your dad. And I know it's hard. I think that's why we need to pray and depend on the Holy Spirit to help us to do so. Last but not least, practical suggestion that I'll give you to serving our parents. I know this is going to be very tricky. I mean, very sensitive. But I'll say this. Forgive them. They all blew it. Every single parent blew it except God. I tell you this. My parents have blown it many times. 
many think that I have a perfect parents. Well, I kind of agree. I love my parents. They're great. But, and I will not trade them for others. Yes, but they're not perfect. They made many mistakes. And it's a revolutionary concept that they are sinners in need of God's grace, just like you. Treat them like one of your small group members, maybe. Think about one of the most difficult members. Love them and serve them. Think about those that, that you need to serve. Your parents are the object of your ministry as well. Amen. You can actually minister to your parents. I believe so. You serve them not to be served. They had, we have imperfect parents. They had imperfect parents as well. So they're in need of our service. Especially if you're grown up in adulthood right now, as you understand them more. Love them. Speak kindly to them. I think a lot of times, for some, we expect our parents to be perfect. We put them into pedestal. We expect the superman and superwoman from our parents. And if they cannot hit that mark, what do we do? We complain. Remember, my brothers and sisters, they are also in need of especially if they don't know Jesus Christ, they're still in need of God's forgiveness. They're also the object of love, and with the love of Christ, we are to also love them and serve them. And if your parents do not know the Lord even more, you must love them and show God's love. Amen? However, there's a problem I know. You might ask, what if my parents are abusive? How can I honor my father or my mother when they abused me when I was really young. How can I honor my father and my mother who left me when I was a baby? Or how can I honor my parents when they sent me for adoption? How and how and how? I know. It's very difficult. And if you are from the abusive Remember a couple things. Remember by your faith, by faith, you have the perfect heavenly Father who loves you, forgives you, heals you, and guides you. Forgive them as God forgave you. I know we may be the victims, but let us also think of Jesus. He was the ultimate victim of our sins of this world. He died for the sins of this world. And as we understand that God has forgiven us, we also must, not with our own power, but with the power of the Holy Spirit, by faith, we are also to forgive our parents who hurt us. Remember, those abusive parents also need Jesus. They need grace. They need forgiveness. They need mercy. And you could experience the love of God deeply in the midst of a horrible situation, because God was with you, he healed, he's healed, he healed you, He is healing you. And if you are in the process of getting healed from the painful hurts, from the past, continuously trust God because he is already healed.
healing in you. And I believe the sins of your parents and our enemy meant for evil. But when you come to God, he can turn it around to use it to bring you near to him. To heal you, to heal your parents as you forgive them. Forgiveness is not only for your parents, but also for us. God says us to forgive them because it is also for us. Because when we do not forgive, harbor hatred inside of us, we will become our own characters. And later, you will destroy us. And you will also destroy our children. You see, it is like a vicious cycle. Sin gives birth to another sin. And sin, another sin gives birth to another sin. And at the end, it destroys everything around it, including our loved ones. If we have that kind of situation, it is my prayer that as God is forgiving you, healing you, somehow we will also, and you will also receive the power of Christ to forgive them and to love them in Christ's name. Amen? Amen? We need to learn to forgive and minister to our parents because we are people of God. Last but not least, let me give you one last practical suggestion for us to serve our families, especially our parents, especially our mothers, is this. We need to care for them in latter years. All their life, they, they helped you be there to help them. It's time for us. Take care of them in their latter years. If you look at Leviticus chapter 19, verse 332 says, Honor the age and reveal God. We need to respect old people, especially our parents. We need to help them. It's not just Asian cultural thing here to care for the, latter, the, the parents who are elderly. It's a biblical idea. Amen? The family is God's answer to social security problems of our society, I believe. Children must care for their parents when they're old. It's not just Asian thing again, but it is godly thing to do. It's amazing. The parents can raise up six children, and six children cannot raise up one parent. In... According to 2017 stats, 16% of the elderly in the U.S. are being abused. 16%. According to, it's kind of old data because I couldn't find any other data, but about 2010 and 12, uh, 12, 12 actually, 29% of children visit their parents' house in their latter years. 29% of the children they do take care of their elderly parents. It's a problem, don't you think? I mean, 29% of the children take care of their elderly parents? I mean, if you are married, you don't have to live with them. But at least, don't you think we should visit them? 
Did you know that the elder you get, you become more like a child? They get hurt too. Continue to keep the relationship with them. Amen? Bring your own children to your parents. Take care of them. They also need your love. And today, Mother's Day, what a perfect day for you to visit your parents, bless them, spend some time with them, and be with them. Amen? Those are the three practical suggestions that I wanted to say and share, especially as we celebrate Mother's Day. But let's go back to the points here. So first, be faithful in seeking the truth. That's how we can serve our parents I and mean, serve our families. Second, uh, be faithful in serving our families. Last but not least, be faithful in waiting for the Spirit to work. You might ask, what does it mean? Well, many times as we are trying to serve our families, we expect the instant result. We become so impatient, especially dealing with our family members. We're so patient with other people around us. You're so patient with your own friends. You're so patient with your own children. I mean, own friends and co-workers, yet we do not have the patience for our family members. Some of you, I know, are praying for non-Christian, non-believing parents, and you are trying to serve them and be a blessing to them, but it seems nothing is changing. I understand. It may take long years, but do not give up praying for them. Do not give up serving them. Do not give up sharing with them the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are trying to be a blessing to our siblings and cousins, but they're not changing right away. I understand. The relationship is not amending fast enough. We get often frustrated. I understand. But let's be patient. Wait for the Holy Spirit to work. You and I, would never, we will never know when. Maybe it might be today. Maybe it might be tomorrow. Maybe it might be month from now, years from now. But we cannot give up. Meaning by faith, we wait for God to show up. We wait for God to work within them as you pray for them, as you minister to them, as you serve them. Amen? And I'll tell you, my brothers and sisters, it is not our job to transform the hearts of people, including our family members. Okay? We're the means of God's grace and love. So let's keep loving them and serving them with faith. One day, someday, the Lord will have mercy upon our family. The hue shall shine the light of the gospel to my parents, to my siblings, even to my children. Don't give up. Be faithful in waiting for the Spirit of God to work. This is a matter of faith. Keep praying for them. Keep believing that God can show His mercy and grace to them. Don't give up on your family members, especially your children, 
especially your parents. Amen. Let us be faithful in waiting for God to work. And someday, I believe, He will work. That's how we can serve and minister our family members, our families. One family at a time, my brothers and sisters. One family members at a time. If you have a big family, you have more work to do. You should pray longer. But cover them. And it's not us doing something, making a difference. It's actually God in us making a difference, making an impact, and making a difference. We are to expand God's kingdom in our family, one family at a time, one person at a time. And especially in this focus on the family month, it is my prayer that we will go beyond and reach out to our family members. Especially on this day, the Mother's Day, it is my prayer that you will be a blessing to your your mothers as you appreciate their work for us. Amen? Let us be God's people. People of faith. People of love. People of gospel. That's who we are in the Lord. That's who you are in the Lord. Let us pray.